Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. Uh, this is entertainment writer Jim Hill and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. And, and Aaron, it is very appropriate we are recording today very significant day for marvel fans 100th anniversary of stan lee's birth and that's worth celebrating yeah sure that that it is and in fact i i'm going to recommend to folks in fact we'll try to put this in the show notes you did that wonderful tribute to stan when we lost him uh, a couple of years back it's, it's it's i could actually it's one of my favorite episodes of the series this would have been our episode for the week of, I want to say, November 19th or thereabouts, uh, after we lost Stan back on 2018. Uh, that one's well worth seeking out, folks. I honestly are in that some of your best work. That said, though, just four hours ago, Marvel Entertainment posted a short video on YouTube, uh, which features some of Stan's cameos from the various MCU films. But then a tagline of 100 years of dreaming, 100 years of creating, 100 years of Stan Lee. So this is an announcement of an original documentary celebrating Stan's life, which is going to debut on Disney Plus sometime in 2023. That That's all that this subscription streaming service was willing to put out there for now. But Aaron and I will keep you posted on, uh, on this project. And when we get an actual release date, we will let you know. Beyond that, Aaron, how was your holiday? It was full of wonderful musical noise. Uh, I got a ukulele, so I've been playing the intro theme to Bob's Burgers for my wife. Oh, Hold on, okay. hold on, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at right now. I'm playing Bob's Burgers on that's the ukulele. That's great! Oh my god, that's killer! Wow. And then, uh, okay. And she got me this uh, two things that are are just wild. One, I want you to look up look up automaton cover of uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. An automaton is a Japanese mm. uh, musical toy that they give to children in in, in Japan, uh, like mm-hmm. we would give a recorder to kids here in school to learn how to play music. And uh, mm-hmm. it looks like a musical note, and the little bulb mm-hmm. part is a head that you squeeze to make the mouth open and go wah, 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 wah. And then you move mm-hmm. your finger up and down the stem, and it goes woo, almost like a theremin-type sound. And I oh. thought, well, this is like just the cheesiest, silliest little thing that I will never be able to play. And we ended up mm-hmm. looking at and how to use it and found out that there is a subculture of people that play this on a, like almost a professional level. And uh, we ended up <laughs> finding a copy of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah played on the automaton, and I nearly pissed myself on the couch watching it because it is so funny. So please look that up because it's just good for the soul. And then the last thing I got, uh, my wife found a limited print uh, of a Neil Gaiman book of only three co- uh, 3,000 copies in existence. And mm-hmm. I got uh, copy 2067 of a story I never knew existed that is uh, it animated, the or artwork done by one of his more favorite artists, and uh, a little CD of him narrating the book as well. So uh, I need to, oh yeah, I need to sit oh. down and listen to Neil Gaiman narrate the story I never knew existed, and look at the pictures mm. and enjoy. It's it's the greatest treasure in the world. It's like finding One-Eyed Willie from you know the Goonies or something, like a treasure you never knew existed is out there, and all of a sudden it's in my lap. So yeah, I can't wait to check that cool. out. Cool, cool, cool. Wow. Oh, that sounds like a great holiday. It was, Holy it cow. Was. Okay. Well, folks, today's show will be a tiny bit of a departure from our usual format for Mud. Aaron and I will spend, uh, as we always do, the first half of today's show discussing the Marvel-related news of the past week. But on the second half, we're going to look back at what happened in Marvel in 2022, and as well as take a peek uh, out at uh, 2023 and 2024. But first, the news, and as always, the news portion of today's episode of Marvelous Disney is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. 
Aaron, to follow up on last week's show, we were talking about some films that were coming out in uh, 2024. To be specific, we were talking about Captain America, New World Order. uh, That comes out May 2nd of 2024, followed by the Thunderbolts, which will be out in July 26th of that same year. And finally, Deadpool 3, which is November 3rd of 2024. And... Did you see the story that broke this past week that there seems to be a key element that links these three films that actually ties back to the Eternals? Unfortunately, I've had my head deeper in the sand than an ostrich in fear, so I have not seen anything. Please tell me all about it. I'm excited to hear this one. Okay, well, to be specific, we start with the the Eternals. and In fact, we start with that element that, that frankly has confused a lot of MCU fans which is that Celestial, because they, they stopped him from emerging, they they prevented the destruction of Earth, which is a good thing. Sure. But the, the Eternals halted that in the final act of that Chloe Zhao movie. By the way, they, the Celestial that was halted had he or she completed her, her emergence. They would have been called Tiamat the Communicator. So this is why that island, which is just made up of this creature's head, and left hand, which is rising out of the Indian Ocean, is known as Tiamat Island. You know, if only it would have been in Minnesota, they called it the Finger Lakes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it Michigan? They talk about being, what, shaped like a giant mitten? Yeah, the, that... the lower peninsula that looks like a mitten. So I swear to goodness gracious, if you were to ask anyone mm-hmm. from Michigan mm-hmm. where you live... They will yep. hold up their hand and they'll point to it and they will say the name of a town like Oscoda and, you, and you'll go, oh, okay. And uh, that will mean something to you. And uh, yeah, okay. so if... if but, they, but they point at their hand. Always, okay, always, always. Even if you're from okay. Detroit and we all freaking know where Detroit is, they still point to the palm of their hand and go right here. Right. That's where I'm from. Got it. Okay. So, so again, MCU fans... Ever since Eternals came out in November 2021, it's like, what is the deal with the celestial sticking up out of the Indian Ocean? It's a, surely the people of Earth have noticed this by now. And, and to be honest, the only time it's been referenced was, do you remember that there's like a, a tenth of a second thing in the She-Hulk where you know she's she's looking at her laptop and there's this at a news site yep. and there's just a giant man shape comes out of Indian Ocean. Yep. Well, it, it looks like all of this changes with Captain America New World Order. Supposedly in the lead up, scientists land on, on Tiamat Island, which, by the way, is supposed to eventually be renamed Genosha. Oh, hey now. Whoa, that's a big deal. Okay. See, now I was expecting left field like they were going to build a ski resort off of Tiamat's nose or something really <laughs> stupid. But uh, now that you throw Genosha into the mix, I am full attention, sir. Continue. And when the scientists get to Genosha, they discover an element that has never before been discovered on Earth. And adamantium? Am I pronouncing that right? Well, yeah. So uh, when I was a kid back in the 80s, I would would think if I had a a chunk of adamantium and I were to hold it up to my ear, I would be able to hear it saying, Don't drink, don't smoke, what do you do? Don't drink, don't smoke. You remember Adam Ant and Goody Two-Shoes, right, Jim? There we oh, go. Okay, there, okay. There, I thought it was just me. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. My wife okay. thinks he's a snob because she's like, why is he put, talking down on people living the clean lifestyle? What a jerk. Anyway, that's beside the point. Okay. Um, adamantium mm-hmm. is usually the word that I point to when I talk to uh, parents about letting their kids read comics. Sometimes parents okay. are like, oh, it's such a waste of time with the colors and the punching and the silliness. And I say, yeah, but, you know, I was, I think, four or five when I was sounding out Mm -hmm. in my bedroom the word adamantium because Mm -hmm. it was interesting to the story. I didn't know what it meant. It was a a weird thing. Even though it was fictional, it's a complex Mm -hmm. word. And we all agreed Mm -hmm. on a pronunciation, and we talked about it in school. But, I mean, when you get engaged in storytelling... You're not going to let the mispronunciation of a word stop you. And I think that's the gateway drug of comic books. You are so invested into the story that this big, long, complex word comes up. And you're like, what do I do? How do I read it? How do I say it? Because i got to get to the next panel and find out what happens. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, adamantium is uh, basically the metal 
that Wolverine is made out of. And, you know, mm-hmm. if we look at Black Panther and uh, they've got Vibranium, which is Captain America's shield. So does that mean that Genosha is going to have adamantium and, and uh, they're going to mine that there? Face it, the United States was willing to go to the very bottom of the ocean in its pursuit of Vibranium. And now they've got a new toy to look after. I don't even want well, that vibranium anymore now that we got this new stuff. A lot of Phase 4 has been putting chess pieces on the on the board. And, and in fact, that's been a, a complaint from a lot of MCU fans to the effect of, okay, when does the story get started? When Wakanda Forever ended, we had Shuri and Namor sort of reaching an understanding to the effect of, we won't talk about your undersea kingdom but you won't allow vibranium in the hand, you know, to escape out into the world, and, right. and we'll protect this as well. Um, talk to me about Genosha, because you, you made a, an interesting noise when when that name bubbled up. Well, that's where all of the mutants. Uh, it's it's like mm-hmm. a, the secret hideaway mm-hmm. of of some mutants, and in the old timey comic books, uh, Genosha mm-hmm. would, like had dinosaurs uh, living mm-hmm. on the island and stuff like that. And so it was a wild and threatening place. However, all the mutants kind of mm-hmm. lived there. As a, well, not all of them, but many mutants lived there because mm-hmm. it was a, a safe space where people weren't going because it had dinosaurs running about. It's kind of like if you took mm-hmm. Jurassic Park and threw it as a layer mm-hmm. of protection over a private rich island or something and then threw a bunch <laughs> of mutants on top of it. That's what you got. You, nobody wants to go there. Nobody. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, an interesting, wild, crazy place. Okay, well, last show we were talking about uh, President Thunderbolt Ross, the William Hurt character that Harrison Ford is taking on. Supposedly, he, as president, wants the United States to lay claim to this island, whereas Sam Wilson is not entirely sure that it's a good thing that the United States has an exclusive on adamantium. Man, that's got a vibe of the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Yeah. it it had a a lot of tones of Captain America Winter Soldier because it was Mm -hmm. Captain America disagreeing with whomever was in charge of of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time. I don't think you need helicarriers to be able to pinpoint around the world and take out threats until they've been properly identified or whatever his his moral argument was Mm -hmm. there. But again, it's getting down to, I'm the guy who's got the S.H.I.E.L.D. and I don't agree with your politics, Mr. Bubster. I'm going to go on Twitter and tweet negatively about you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a part of me that actually likes that Sam is kind of picking up where Steve left off. On the other hand, if we we move ahead to the Thunderbolts, evidently on the heels of whatever happens in New World Order, Ross sends the Thunderbolts, their mission is to collect adamantium. Wasn't Ross supposed to be president in one of these two? Do you remember which one it was? Was it the New World Order? Actually, I, I my understanding is he when we meet him uh, in Harrison uh, with Harrison Ford playing him in New World Order, he is now president of the United oh, okay. States. So uh, I'm thinking he stays in that role uh, for Thunderbolts. Oh, man, it would be such a great cliffhanger, though, if like if uh, Captain America is at odds with Thunderbolts mm-hmm. and then they finish mm-hmm. by Ross getting elected president. And you're like, oh, shit, we lost everything. You know, that mm-hmm. almost like Thanos one kind of moment at the end of Infinity War. Just the whole idea that that uh, it didn't go the way that you planned. And sometimes that happens. And then Ross comes out leading the charge on the back front side of thunderbolts could be interesting but anyway i'm putting carts before horses that's an intriguing idea and and yes the last time we saw general thunderbolt ross he was a general he was right he's still part of the military machine yeah so i kind of intrigued if, if that's the way they'd go with that character then if we jump ahead to deadpool 3 i mean obviously you were mentioning that this is what wolverine logan is made of and What's also been kind of interesting is that Hugh Jackman has out, been out there talking about Deadpool 3. And first of all, he flat out was telling folks the effect of, look, in this movie, Wade Wilson and Logan hate each other. He, you know, that, that he's going to be spending an awful lot of time punching Deadpool in the head. So, oh, no, 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 you know, no. no. I, that's, that's not exactly how that's going to play out, Jim, because he's not going to be punching. He's going to be lopping off like arms and legs and then watching Deadpool regenerate just for the sheer amusement of it, right? They should have the most twisted, sick, 
relationship in all of the MCU where anytime Logan gets pissed at Wade, he just lops off mm-hmm. a body part and walks away and leaves Deadpool there for five minutes to regenerate. That's the way that play it needs to play out. No other way. I stand firmly by it. Feige will have words out behind the schoolhouse if we have to over this one. <laughs> I'm out of it, Jim. I'm beginning I'm, to I'm know. Just, okay, I'm, I'm just kind of intrigued about the whole. It's still going to hold the R rating. So yeah, so they say. I mean, just think about if you remember in the first Deadpool. I mean, Wade lopped mm. off his own hand to get out of the handcuff that he, you know, when Colossus was dragging him off the bridge. I mean, mm-hmm, if Wade's mm-hmm. willing to do that to himself, you know that Wolverine has just got to pull out the claws, lop off a part, and walk away and, and just call him something foul. And, it, I mean, the two of them should just have uh, five minutes of expletives, nothing more, mm-hmm. just a scene of them swearing at each other, and then a lop, lop, lop of, you know. And then, like, and then, you know, Wade tries to do it back, and he gets, like, halfway through Wolverine and goes, <laughs> and he gets stopped by the metal, and it's like, yeah, see, that's why we're different. We're different like that. <laughs> I can go right through you like butter, brother, but, you know, you stop halfway through because I am made of adamantium. Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? I just, I have to admit, now that... Oh, I'm having I fun, Jim. Where... <laughs> this is a great no, idea. No, no, no. I just, for me, these these three movies position in succession like this. I, I'm, I'm just fascinated to see how this is going to play out. But plants can change for various reasons. And did you see, just this past week, Ryan Coogler did an interview with uh, the New York Times where he talked about his original storyline for the Black Panther sequel. And the setup, remember, back in Avengers Infinity War, we we saw T'Challa get dusted. When he returns, after we see the Hulk basically undo what Thanos had done, five years have passed. And when he wanders back into his life, he discovers that Prior to the blip, T'Challa had impregnated Nakia. So when T'Challa returns to Earth to get dedusted, that child, a boy, is now five years old. And not only that, but Nakia, after mourning, T'Challa has moved on with her life and has married a, a man from Haiti. And the, the, the two of them are now raising this five-year-old boy who, just like in Wakanda Forever, is called Toussaint. This is the son of the Black Panther. And so that eventually he will have to, the, this boy living in Haiti will have to rise up and assume the throne. And so T'Challa now tries to forge a relationship with his son, but he's been out of this kid's life for the first five years of his existence. So... It's problematic, but T'Challa is trying. And he and Nakia effectively co-parent, you know, and three years pass. And it's it's now time for a crucial rite of passage for T'Challa's son. There's this Wakandan tradition where the son and the father go off in the wilderness and have to live off the land, live by their wits for, for 10 days, two weeks. I'm, I'm not exactly sure on, on the timeline here, but T'Challa takes Toussaint, to Wakanda, they're in the middle of beginning this rites of passage. And in the middle of this, Namor rises up from the depths and, and threatens Wakanda. And so now T'Challa has to, to deal with Tolakan. Uh, that's, uh, I think, how they pronounce the Undersea Kingdom that, that Namor is in charge of. Mm. But he has to save his kingdom and at the same time make sure that his son completes this rite of passage. And so the movie was supposed to be about the difficulty of balancing work and family. Only in this case, T'Challa's work is being king, protecting his kingdom, while he's also trying to forge a real connection with his understandably estranged son. And Coogler was really proud of it, thought that it was going to give Chadwick a lot of fun stuff to do. And, you know, he could be heroic, but he could, you know, the, the first Black Panther movie really was about sons and what... Coogler was looking forward to with this film was to make it about fathers and the challenges that fathers face. And he had just finished the script and was getting ready to send it to Chadwick when he he learned of, of Bozeman's passing in August of, of 2020. And, and after a suitable period of time, Ryan waded back into the project, rewrote 
the sequel and change it from a father-son story to a meditation on uh, grief and, and vengeance, and which was centered around uh, T'Challa's sister, Shuri. Out of all of that, the one thing that jumps out at me the most is that there's a three-year time jump forward where the child goes from five to eight, because we've already had a mm -hmm. five-year time jump from uh, Endgame to Infinity War. And I wonder if at any point where, like, Ryan Coogler shows up at Kevin Feige's office with a script, and he's like, ta-da! And then Kevin's reading it, and he gets to three-year time jump, and he's like, hold on a second. And then he's got to make five phone calls to five other people who are currently writing several other movies. And they go, hey, how does this line up with you? Where Where is your timeline exactly? I mean, the, the MCU is currently in our future. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if directors just willy-nilly go, and there's a five-year time jump, you move the whole damn universe. You know, it's not just the kid and T'Challa that age, you know, three years. It's the whole mm -hmm. freaking, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man ages three years, you know. Mm -hmm. All of that has repercussions. And I wonder, you know, I mean, I'm sure that Feige gives them creative freedom to dream up whatever you want. But mm -hmm. at some point, things like time jumps could be problematic for the entirety of the MCU. And I wonder if they've got a rule in place about, hey, man, if you want to have a time jump, you better call me first before you write that in there. Interesting point. But beyond that, the plot that you described sounded very reminiscent of Prey, the the sequel to mm -hmm. Predator, where it's, you know, the, the young girl who wants to go out and, and do the rite of passage by killing the lion or whatever it is. And then she's mm -hmm. got to kill the, you know, that's when Namor shows up. <laughs> and mm -hmm. she's got to take him down and save her tribe and be the standout hero. You know, that's her rite of passage. It seems kind of similar of that, you know, the, the youngster's got a rite of passage. Namor shows up and, and we all have to, you know, prove our mettle on that day. So. Hmm. Interesting. Speaking of films that m might have been made... Just in the past week, a bunch of storyboards from the Gambit movie, the, the one that Channing Tatum, these actually serviced online. And, and Lauren Schuler Donner began talking about doing a Gambit movie with, with Channing Tatum as early as 2014. And in fact, the actor signed on for the project in May of that year. And it cycled through a bunch of, of different directors, uh, Rupert Wyatt, Doug Lyman, and even Gore Verbinski were attached to direct this at one time or another and really got close, Aaron. At, at one point, the Gambit movie actually had a release date of March 13th, 2020. But then the development of the movie got placed on hold when Disney expressed an interest in buying certain television and movie assets for 20th Century Fox. And when the deal was completed uh, in May of 2019, one of the very first things Disney did was put the Gambit movie on hold. But again, if you, you Google it right now, you can look at boards from this film that have surfaced just this past week online. You know, Channing Tatum is an interesting character because every time I just look at his face, I go, I think I would dislike him so much. And every time he speaks, I go, God, he's so funny and adorable. I love this guy. We need more of him. He's a national treasure. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think, I think I'm just threatened. He's so handsome. I'm, every time he's on screen, my wife is like, hey, hello. And I'm like, hey, what? Huh? 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 So maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, that's, I, I'm dealing with the exact same thing with Nancy and, and Tyler Hines, I, I, I think his name is. Okay. He's a, a Hallmark actor, and, oh. and in fact, he has his his, his fans online call themselves Heinies. <laughs> okay. So, you know. But, we all, yeah, we all have but our anyway, to bear. <laughs> we do, we do. Okay, following up on another thing we talked on last week's show, we mentioned that the Echo Limited series evidently has been having some production issues, and I think we mentioned on last week's show that it had been pushed to December of 2023, Evidently, it needs more work because the word now is Echo will debut on that subscription streaming service in early 2024. And what's now being talked about is that there will be reshoots, which will evidently be folded into Daredevil Born Again, because, you know, obviously they share characters and they share worlds. And Charlie Cox was out there this past week talking about this relaunch of the series and how it's going to be less violent uh, than the Netflix series. Uh, to be specific. <laughs> Already booed of that. No. All okay. Right, well, what 
what Charlie says is that it will be dark, but probably won't be as gory. Let's take the things that really work with the show, but but can we broaden? Can we appeal to a slightly younger audience without losing what works? And we'll probably get to see a lot of this as a work in progress because this shoot for Daredevil Born Again is the longest thing to date uh, for a limited series for Disney+. Plus. They, they've scheduled an 11-month-long period of principal photography. It's going to go from February of next year all the way through to the holiday season of 2023. And then we'll debut in 2024. And it's going to be kind of interesting because Echo and Daredevil Born Again will supposedly basically be released right on top of one another. And Daredevil will be the longest series that we've had thus far from Disney Plus streaming, right? All true. Right? So all true. I, I wonder if they're going to... Was Echo the series greenlit after they really liked the performance of the actress, or did they have that in the works from the get-go? I want to say that when they were shooting Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. all anybody could talk about was this young woman who's playing Echo is amazing. And it was from there, you know, they began talking about, well, let's kick the tires of doing a spinoff here. I wonder if they're going to end up having a similar thing with Agatha Coven show because mm-hmm. that was yeah, an, Chaos. yeah cause, I mean that was another one where they went oh this character is a breakout star I think she's wonderful and then you build an entire series around her and then you actually end up you know you got a story that you think is solid and sturdy and then you start putting all the pieces together and it's just not quite clicking for some reason mm-hmm. and I think it's because that these were reactionary shows they were like oh wow this is neat let's play more in the sandbox but they didn't have a, a great idea of what they were gonna, what they were meant to do with that to propel the story forward. They just were caught up in the moment, and, and I wonder if that's part of the reason why they're having problems. Is these weren't the the neat fitting puzzle pieces of the MCU, like Captain America, very neat puzzle piece, clicks into any Avengers story without any issues at all. Agatha, Coven of Darkness, yeah, that's a little bit specific. It's a little bit on the magicy side, a little bit on the Halloween side. It's it's got different shapes that don't quite click in as neatly, and so I just wonder if that's kind of what they're dealing with right now. That is just a wonderful segue to the second half of today's show. When we get back, uh, we are going to talk about things like Agatha, Coven of Chaos, as we look at uh, what happens in the Marvel sphere in 2023 and 2024. If we're looking back at at 2022, we have to acknowledge that it started with a bang with how well Spider-Man No Way Home continued to do. That John Watts film was originally released December 17th of 2021, but stayed at the top of the box office uh, for weeks. You know, while I'm thinking about this, I also believe that Spider-Man No Way Home is now the only marvel film that has any sort of director's cut or alternate version because everything well, are we got, talking about the the more fun yeah stuff exactly version? yeah with, oh. with additional footage because i believe every mcu property film i've got whether it be blu-ray or digital i mean there is only one mm-hmm. cut we don't get director's cut of captain america ever right mm-hmm. um what you get is the official disney branded marvel sanctioned mm-hmm. movie and there's no other version of anything Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that longer, funner cut of Spider-Man may be the only MCU film that you can go out and purchase and actually has uh, more footage added into the MCU where, yeah, nothing else does that I can think of. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, speaking of which, though, Spider-Man No Way Home goes on to sell 1.9 billion worth of tickets worldwide, is now the sixth highest grossing film of all time. But... Then we have this weird lag that no Marvel, nothing significant in February. It's not till the tail end of March that we get Moon Knight. Just two days later, uh, Morbius, which <laughs> you, know, you and I had you know, been watching that slow motion car wreck mm-hmm. make its way through production and reshoots and all that. And, uh, you know, it opens on April 1st and that's pumped project started at 70 million dollars with the reshoots i think that they they will admit they spent 95 million 
and only made uh, 167 million at, at the worldwide box office. So I don't think we're seeing Morbius two anytime soon. Oh, sigh of relief. I, I feel safe. It's like being told the boogeyman is not under my bed. I can sleep safe tonight. <laughs> but but remember how people talked about that scene at, at you know, the, the tacked on scene. Yeah, that makes no sense that it just breaks all the continuity. Like, I've been broken out of jail. I don't know how or why. I just materialized. However, I'm going to come to the conclusion it was Spider-Man from a different universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure okay great great writing guys but the weird thing is the whole other universe thing when it's done well it works i mean we saw on may 6th of last year that's when dr strange and the multiverse of madness debuted and people just ate that up particularly after the good time they've had with spider-man no way home and how dr strange had been such a big part of that film they were primed to go back to the theater to get a little bit more, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it did ridiculously well at the box office. You know, $955 million worldwide. Uh, May 27th, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opened at Epcot. And Mr. Testa loves this coaster. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful three-minute long ride. Just this past trip in December, I finally did the full queue, which has a, a lot of lovely Easter eggs and, and nods to the original Guardians film and all that. But I've been told by friends of the show that this thing cost $450 million to build. And the last time Disney spent that amount, they got a whole theme park. Oh, I mean, wow. that's that's what it costs to build. Is that inflation in the last few years? Did like the price? Well, first off, was that price tag uh, supposed to be? Was it budgeted for lower, and did they go over? Was that a first step there in any of that, or was that the actual budget? Whenever I bring up this topic and try to get you know people to go on the record, it's like roaches scattering when you turn on the lights. Is that it? Oh, <laughs> it just nobody wants to talk about how much this cost. Right. And but again, I I think also it's important to remember that this was built in the middle of the pandemic. There were supply chain issues. There's a lot of reason why it wound up costing that much. And it is a wonderful ride. It really is. But is it? $450 million? Wonderful? I don't know. The only thing that irks me about it is where they screwed mm-hmm. up the advertising by having a different voice actor for Rocket and they couldn't get Peter Quill, so they got some mm-hmm. dude to sit there and fall asleep with a, a helmet on. And it's like, if you've been, you know, if you take all the time to actually use the proper cast from the films and mm-hmm. film stuff to incorporate into the ride, couldn't you have mm-hmm. at least gotten Peter Quill to say, line that would it could have been used for the commercial and that because it's like everything was like uh, a plus five stars going perfect going mm-hmm. perfect and then they trip and stumble on the advertising and look like they cheapened out by getting fake actors but actually if you actually go to the park it's the real people that's so weird it is it is it's just there are so many stories uh, to that effect you know if for example you were talking earlier about harrison ford and when Disney opened the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland, Disney was in the process of hiring him to be the voice of the lead gorilla in in Tarzan. Like he was going to be effectively playing Tarzan's father. And uh, okay. somewhere along the line, the idea was that, well, we'll have him in the studio doing that and we can get him to record lines for the Indiana Jones adventure because we do have the character you know the actual and animatronic version of Indy in the ride and somewhere along the line Disney bobbled that so badly that Ford not only would not record the the lines for the ride he he left the cast of Tarzan and it, it's always one of these things where it's like well what happened there right and, I've basically been told by friends in, you know, Imagineering and Disney Animation, it's like, well, a couple people have to die first before I can tell you that story. So, Oh, well, that's a good story. Hang in there. Eventually, we'll get that story. All right. Anyway, uh, moving on now to June. Uh, June 8th, we got the, the lovely Ms. Marvel limited series and very much now looking forward to seeing what, what that young actress does when uh, the Marvels comes out next July. 
Then, uh, jumping ahead to, speaking of July, uh, that's when we got Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder, which did very well at the box office. Made three quarters of a billion dollars. A tail end of July, uh, on the 20th thereabout, the Avengers Campus opens the Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. Uh, and that's where we, we get to see not only yet another version of Web Slingers, but a brand new reimagining of that park's rock and roller coaster, which now becomes Avengers Assemble Flight Force, uh, which is built around Iron Man and, and Captain Marvel. Oh, hey, there's been a rumor, by the way, about Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Iron Man for a scene in Armor Wars and... Oh, it was like Armor Wars and something else that was going to be connected to it as, I think, yeah. a series. I have seen the same things, and it just, again, it's it's a story that excites me. I just wish I had another source or two on it. it, it you know, I'm whatever. sure it will just be like a hologram or a flashback, you know, where Tony's reading, hey, you know, I was working on this project mm-hmm. for years, and, you know, they found the chip, and all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. there's Robert Downey Jr., and the audience will gasp, oh, I forgot. Oh, Robert. Oh, he's so glorious. Uh, He did nice work. He did. He did. Absolutely. Oh, and speaking of doing nice work, uh, August 18th, we got She-Hulk. And I genuinely enjoyed that series. I dearly hope that they circled back on that character. And you had mentioned uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff edition uh, that actually debuted in theaters here in the States on September 1st. Then on September 27th, we got some kind of disturbing news because, face it, Basim Tariq has been associated with the Blade reboot. And he walked away from that project. I want to say they've, they've since got a new director. Uh, I'm blanking the name of the, the gentleman who's taken on the project now. Moving on now to October 7th, that's when we got the Werewolf by Night special that was so much fun and i'm really hoping that based on how the response that man thing got on that show that it looks like there's a man thing special being prepped for next year and then october 25th james gunn announced that he had just been signed to become the new co-head of uh, DC Films. And immediately fans retaliated from the DC Universe saying, fire James Gunn, he's not going to do Snyderverse. And it's like, well, yeah, because, you know, Zack Snyder wasn't hired in this group. So, well, yeah, why, why, are, why is everybody surprised by that? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, like right now, currently, if you do your trend on Twitter, there, I believe there is mm-hmm. currently right now a fire James Gunn. Yeah, it's just, I want to say it's, it's Zach, Zachary Levi this past week, again, who, you know, who's got his Shazam movie coming out next year, uh, who went on social media to the effect of leave the effing guy alone. You know, to the effect, let him do his job. He just got hired. He hasn't had a chance to do anything as of yet official. Yeah. Yeah. So let's circle back on the whole James Gunn situation in two and three years when there's actually some TV shows and some movies to look at. Anyway, November 11th, we got Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is still chugging away at the box office. Currently sits at 803 million worldwide. Also, I want to say I recently heard that it will be showing up on Disney Plus in February. So uh, don't have an exact date on that. But uh, when we do, Aaron and I will share that. And then just a few uh, a week or so after that, uh, real shocking news. Uh, Bob Iger was back in as Disney's CEO and Bob Chapek was on his way out. Do we need the clip from The Godfather for this? Or is that, Every time I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> I don't think you know Bob Iger quite has Al Pacino's hair from no, that okay. film. Which, right. That was impressive here. On November 25th, we got the wonderful uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And then just four days after that, we got the Guardians of the Galaxy, the version of Cosmic Rewind that featured the holiday mix, which wasn't quite as good as uh, as the original but it's still a lot of fun phase five officially gets underway uh in the mcu on february 17th when we get ant-man and the wasp quantum mania um by the way i was in lunchbox and i 
don't think I was supposed to know this, but I'm, you know, at one of those merchandise tables and I see that, oh, here's a piece of merch for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So I pick it up and it's MODOK, a, a keychain of MODOK. And oh, had, have, have we heard anything about MODOK? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, he's going to be in, well... In the Comic-Con footage that was revealed, there was like a half-second glimpse of MODOK that everybody kind of really? freaked out over. Yeah, because it didn't look anything like him, which is why most people missed it. And, okay. you know, the, the super sluice put together, that was a super brief peek at MODOK. The, the mm -hmm. blurry screen grab that went up, most people were like, that can't be. And then there was a toy that was released that really confirmed, oh, crap, that really is MODOK. So my assumption right now is that we're mm -hmm. going to get this mechanical robotic-looking version mm -hmm. of MODOK, but somewhere near the finale, mm -hmm. they're going to take a mask off, per se, and we're going to get the actual fleshy features of MODOK's face, is my guess. Because mm -hmm. I don't think they would depart that far. But who knows? They've done crazier stuff, right? This is true. I just... I Forgive me for throwing this out there, but do we know who Bill Murray is playing yet in this movie? No, but I mean, the way that he's greeting uh, was it Michelle Pfeiffer's character, it seems like it could be a, a love interest, an old flame, so he's some mm -hmm. sort of now rival for the affections of to uh, Hank Pym. Okay. You know, that little okay. love triangle dynamic going on. Oh, old, old boyfriend back? Oh, damn it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just... I, I so enjoyed Patton Oswald as Modoc in that stop motion series that Stupid Buddies did. That you know, there's a part of me like, ooh, Bill Murray as Modoc. Ooh, that could be interesting. No, what would be crazy if is if they had a deal with Patton Oswald and they actually end up using his face by the end of the movie as the Modoc. You're like, oh my god, the animation version is now canon. Uh, well, but, but isn't Patton already in the MCU? Didn't we see Patton playing? Well, some in sort Shield, of... yeah, he was an agent, and then he played like a, a twin version of himself or something, or a cousin from there well, through also, time. Oh, he. Well, also remember, in the tail end of um, the Eternals, isn't he like a, a dwarf character or something like that? That the Harry Styles character, the part of the supporting staff oh, that, that we meet. As a, as a voiceover, maybe I don't recall. Okay, all right. Well, moving on now to spring of 2023, we, we get Secret Invasion, the limited series. That's followed on May 5th by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Then, charging ahead to summer of 2023, we, we get Loki Season 2. July 28th, uh, we get the Marvels. Then fall of 2023, we get Ironheart. Is this a project you were thinking about, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, yeah, up? yeah, it had to be, because I know that they were connected with the suits, and uh, mm. so, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, duly noted. Uh, we were just talking about Echo, which, again, was supposed to be shifted December of 2023, now pushed to early 2024, and what's interesting is that same window of time is also when Agatha Coven of Chaos is supposed to debut. And given what Aaron was saying at the top of the show, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if that that debut time is going to hold. I mean, you would think that they would be pushing that to a uh, Halloween time of year mm -hmm. just because it's, you know, ooh, witches. That's uh, the theme. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a good choice. Uh, spring of 2024, supposedly Daredevil Born Again, the, the, the series 20 episodes gets underway and then as we were talking at the top of the show may 3rd 2024 we get captain america new world order july 26 2024 we get thunderbolts and then in november we get our deadpool 3 before we wrap up here it's important to acknowledge that disney and marvel studios aren't the only ones making marvel related movies we we should also talk about what's going on with spunk and June 2nd of next year, we get the highly anticipated Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse animated feature. Then uh, October 6th of 2023, we get our Craven the Hunter film. And a little concerning, that was originally supposed to come out January 23rd of next year. I don't, and do you remember when we saw behind the scenes photos of, was it Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of strapped to the side of a car with no shoes on? 
and uh, wearing, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, tuxedo pants or something. <laughs> that, I, I don't want to say it's in trouble or anything, but it seems like it's been in the works for a while, and they haven't yeah. had any good uh, news coming out of that direction yet outside of, hey, look what we've got. They've been really quiet on the Craven front. That October 6th window of time, that's when the Venom movies have come out, come out and done really, really mm-hmm. well. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing for them to move a spump project in that direction. Uh, on the other hand, Craven the Hunter was supposed to come out January 23rd, 2023. It's worth noting that on January 24th, 2024 is when Il Morto uh, is supposed to arrive in theaters. So isn't that based on just one or two issues of a Spider-Man spinoff off? the a Mexican wrestler, right? Yeah, or, yeah, and I have no idea about any of what they're doing with it or how it came up. Or it just seems like Sony has got a sponge and they are trying to get every last drop out of it and yeah, scraping the yeah. bottom of the barrel of you know what does this license grant us the ability to do? And if legal said, "Hey, we got a character. He's a, a Mexican wrestler, and he's only in two episodes," you're like, "Hey, that's a thing." That is indeed a thing. Let's try and make a money okay. off of it. Well, now it's interesting you say this because if we pause here for a sec, uh, you know, there's a, two more films coming out in 2024, which we'll talk about in a moment. But there are no less than five other Spider-Man-related projects that have been announced that don't have dates yet. First of all, we have Venom Three. Uh, we also have Spider Women. We also have a project called Silk Spider Society. Mm-hmm. We have a Sinister Six film that has, jeez, uh, that's been in the works since the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then, of course, we have the, the next Spider-Man trilogy starring Tom Holland. But anyway, uh, to circle back to 2024, what's fascinating for me is that January, February, and March of next year uh, there are spump projects coming out uh, again we have el morto on january 24th then on february 16th we have madam webb and then the one film i know will hold its release date because you know people are really looking forward to this thing and that is spider-man beyond the spider-verse and that's supposed to arrive in theaters uh march 29th of 2024 and be the follow-up to of course uh spider-man across the spider-verse Look, we, we touched on James Gunn taking over DC, so I, I think we should just spend a, a, a brief second bringing folks up to speed about what's going on on that side of the street, you know, because these are kind of the remaindered projects before James and his team get going. Uh, June 16th of next year, we have the Flash movie coming out. Then on December 25th, we have a sequel to Aquaman. We have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And then finally, October 24th, 2024, we have a sequel to The Joker, a, a musical, if you can believe it, by Todd Phillips uh, called Follies Adieu. But there we go. You know, we have a crazy amount of, uh, you know, Marvel material and, and also some DC films headed our way. And I wonder if anyone within the DC realm is worried with uh, the combination of Zaslav liking to write things off for, for tax reasons and James Gunn saying, I'm okay with a clean slate for the DC universe. What if Zaslav was like, you know, I could use an extra 30 or $40 million to write off, uh, let's say, the Flash movie, even though it's mm-hmm. done. I could get yeah. some money for it now. I, I mean, what if uh, they get really shrewd that way and some of the things that we think are complete and on the calendar and are safe uh, suddenly get jerked around a little bit? Well, you know, I, I have to say some of the stories that have been coming out about The Flash, about how uh, Gail Godot and Henry Cavill's uh, cameo appearances as respectively Wonder Woman and Superman have already been cut from their project. And that's a little concerning. Yeah, I, I think um, instead of, because if you continue giving them teases, well, for example, the Black Adam film that mm-hmm. ended originally with, I believe it was like the chest of Superman, but the, the head was still kind of in the clouds or the fog of, mm-hmm. of the shot and, and not quite revealed. And then people went all crazy for it. And they're like, okay, get Henry. Let's actually finish, finish the shot. And then they kind of added him in after the fact. And and mm-hmm. then 
He says, oh, I'm going to be Superman, and everyone's happy, and then all of a sudden they turn around a couple of days later, and I'm like, actually, I'm not going to be Superman anymore. It's It all went sideways, and, and everyone's now, boo, James Gunn, you evil, evil human being. So I would think that if you did have a movie coming out like The Flash, it'd be like, yeah, let's cut these little cameos if we can, because that's mm-hmm. just going to make people, like, wetting their appetite for a meal that will never come. And that's an interesting and if point. they're not like super dependent upon the story being told, and they're only showing up for a, a glimpse, then yeah, I can see that cut being super easy for them to make uh, in that mentality of let's not get them excited for a thing that's never going to happen. Let's just tone it down, get this done and over with, and then move on to you know what our next project is. Interesting point. Okay. Um, well, again, folks, that's that's a look ahead at, at 2023 and 2024. Uh, but uh, Mr. Adams and I uh, will be returning next week and and picking up pretty much where we left off here. You know, looking at what you know Marvel's got in the works and for example, you know, I'm going to start working the phones as soon as we get done here to find out if we do have. Uh, a release date yet for that that Stanley documentary, but like I said, if you you really want to hear some good stuff, go check out our archive for November of 2018. You're going to find a, a wonderful piece that Aaron put together that really is worth revisiting. Uh, but in the meantime, Aaron, if if folks want to keep tabs on on what you're up to, uh, where can they find you on social media? Well, for the time being, still at Twitter, at Azaprod, A-Z-A-P-R-O-D, and I've got a new home as well, some swank, luxurious accommodations over at Patreon for a brand new mm-hmm. podcast starting in January. January 5th is our launch date, uh, and that will be the 32nd Street Podcast, 32ND Street podcast Very join cool. us for the conversation yeah. about advertising trickery that uh, that mm-hmm. ads use to get you to buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like well as long as we're plugging <laughs> podcasts here let me mention we also have a couple of other shows here at the jim hill media podcast network you might want to check out we of course have disney dish which i do with len testa uh, just earlier today I recorded a brand new fine-tuning with Drew Taylor. Uh, And in fact, this time tomorrow, I will probably be sitting down with Brian Gaughan and doing a new Looking at Lucasfilm. So uh, welcome you to check those out. Oh, uh, by the way, if you could do uh, Aaron and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend uh, the show you're listening to right now, uh, Marvelous Disney. Uh, by the way, if you really, really, really like what you hear here, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. And as long as we're, we're you know, again, just like Aaron, I'm still on Twitter, you know, that just you know, right, right there on deck, rearranging the deck chairs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can find uh, me on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And I think that's going to do it for now. Uh, want to wish all of you folks a, a very happy new year and come back in 2023 we'll, and we'll be here with some more shows. <laughs>